Um, I want to cover us in prayer, and then I want to crack the word, and I will be talking about some current things, along with uh, things that are within this step teaching that we're taking. Uh, but let's just ask the Holy Spirit now, in the name of Jesus, to guide and send us through with a light, the light of the truth, through these truths that we gleam from the foundation of the Word of God. We thank you. We thank you that we receive fresh revelation and understanding that speaks to each person and speaks to us as a corporate body. We thank you for a guide light in our paths and in our destinies and in our lives. Speak clearly to us. Drown out all of the other noise and allow us to hear clearly from you in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. Thank you. Well... I had uh, written a different invitation for the e-blast yesterday morning, and right when I was about ready to push the button and send it to Dwayne, um, I got checked in my spirit. And, you know, I do get a little, uh, I'm a bit of a rascal sometimes when it comes to how I interpret what I hear in the spirit. And what the spirit was saying was, you know, continue on in, 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 in inviting people to a place to revive themselves, to revive themselves. And we've been doing that the last couple weeks here. We've had some phenomenal miracles reported uh, through the ministry in in just the last couple weeks. Uh, If you recall, a few weeks ago, we anointed prayer cloths and tissues. Uh, Anwar Fazal and myself at the altar prayed and sent them out with you. Well, uh, some may not understand. You only do that as the Lord leads you. This isn't a talisman. Uh, We're not trying to just repeat something we saw that was done by Paul. The Holy Spirit had spoken that morning. We did it. Well, uh, I'm happy to tell you that we had multiple instances of people miraculously and quickly, expediently, some the same day, one the next day, another one the next day, of, of just miraculous recoveries. One was your uncle, John, Uncle Frank, my namesake. They wrote him off. They said he had kidney damage, liver damage, whatever it was. Lungs were shot. He was in the hospital how many days? 34? Yeah, a month and a half. And within a day, within a day, and and not a confessing, believing, born-again Christian, within a day, he had a complete recovery, and the doctors are saying it's a miracle. And uh, we've been believing for uh, Alyssa's father, Pastor Dave, Tina's not here with us today, and uh, a combination of prayer and, 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 and good things happening, uh, we understand he's doing much better. And uh, we could go on and on. Thank you, Dwayne. You could just plop that right here, please. Thank you. We had uh, multiples, not even just from that, but other reports coming. We have a miraculous God who lives in the present now. And so all of that, back to what he said to me, as I was about ready to push the button, the Lord said to me to invite people, continue to invite and make it part of this series teaching, to invite people to to revive and to draw close to revive. And so, as I said, I become a rascal sometimes in how I interpret those things. What I sent you was, I said, bring your dead bones to church and get revived. And so how many of you brought your dead bones to church to get revived? Amen. We're going we're to revive dead bones. 
and um, the scripture comes out of uh, 2 Kings 13, verse 20. I, I mentioned this uh, a week or two ago, but I want to do it again because I did a series some years back called The Anointings in the Bones, and uh, you'll see why when you read the scripture that comes out of 2 Kings 13, 20. So Elisha died, and they buried him. Now, how many of you know that Elisha prayed for a double portion of the anointing of Elijah? And uh, when you do scripture, sometimes things jump out. He did twice as many miracles that at least were recorded that, uh, than, than Elijah did. It's not that he walked in more power. He walked in a multiplicity. Say multiplicity. He, he walked in the multiplicity of the power that God had given to Elijah to perform miracles for God. That's what we're believing God for as we're walking, is the multiplicity in your lives so that you can see God performing for his glory according to his kingdom and purpose. So Elijah died and they buried him. Now, they didn't have a lot of time to bury him. So the bands of Moabites used to invade the land in the spring of the year. Next verse, please. If we can get it. And as a man was being buried, behold, a marauding band was seen, and the man was thrown into the grave of Elisha. And as soon as the man touched the bones of Elisha, he revived, say revived, revived. and stood to his feet. When the anointing, the residue, the residue, listen to me, the residue of the anointing was upon Elisha's bones. He had walked with that mantle that God had put upon him. That's why when you get in the presence of anointing, of people walking in anointing, and the residue is there, that residue can cling to you, and it can revive you. That's why it's so important to be in a place, to fellowship in a place, to be amongst people that believe in the power of God. It's wonderful to know the Word of God. And it's, 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 it's necessary to understand the word of God. And we should all uh, study ourselves well approved in the word of God. But if we are not under the anointing, then it's nothing but religion. And how many of you know, I know so many religious people that are miserable. They don't see miracles. They don't even understand and believe in miracles anymore. Some religious people teach that that was for another time, that that wasn't even for this time. They preach that the fivefold ministry, I guess they like to accept the epistles of Paul, but not everything he had to teach. One of the things he taught was the fivefold ministry. And he didn't teach it just for the few churches he was planting in the world at that time. It was for the body of Christ. There are some religious people who deny the fivefold ministry. They deny the apostolic power and covering and anointing. They deny the prophetic anointing alive today. And of course, evangelism, they seem, those religious people, to cling to evangelism, but without the power, without the power of God. And so you have evangelical or evangelistic services with no miracles, none proclaimed, no power of God. And then, of course, we know the office of the pastor and the teacher. And so we understand that the anointing, the anointing clings. And the anointing is something that never leaves you. Now, I just want to get something straight because I tend to straighten out talismans a lot. And uh, I always ask people, if you can 
prove me different in the Word of God, I'm here to be corrected or adjusted. Uh, but if you can't, then I would challenge you to consider it. There's no such thing in the Word of God, and I don't believe it's spiritually possible, for somebody's mantle to be placed upon someone else. Because that's your anointing. That anointing has been created for you from the beginning of time. You can have a residue of an anointing from those whom you're around, but if I were to take Jeff's anointing right now, he would spiritually be dead. He'd die, spiritually gone, because that's who he is. My anointing is who I am. And so whenever you see these things, and they look wonderful on television, and the, the man of God takes his jacket off and throws it over somebody, and they, and they go down, and a month later they say nothing happened. And the man of God's still walking around with his anointing. Now, you can pray the gifts upon people. But that was something that came out of a teaching. Because why? Because it says that Elisha picked up the mantle of Elijah. And he says, where is the God of Elijah? And the waters parted. He moved in his own spirit. It wasn't that it was the God of Elijah. It became the powerful, miraculous God of Elisha. So what we want to revive our bones are those prophetic experiences, those occasions when we come in and cherish them, take advantage of them, move in them. And that's part of what this teaching has been. Now, if you haven't been here or you've been in and out over the last three or four weeks, you're going to probably want to get this full teaching when it's done because I don't dare go back and, and repeat everything, we'd never move on, would we? It's very hard. And uh, what it is, it's a 10 life-changing steps to transform you into your destiny. And this is a quote from what I had said. And what I said is, one is never too old, nor is one ever too young. The present now is your moment to move. The present now is your moment to move. Age doesn't matter how long you've been or haven't been in the Lord, where you've come or what you've done, doesn't matter. Today is your present now to move. And we should embellish that and draw close unto him. How many of you know there's a scripture that the Lord has given us and it comes out of James and he says, draw close unto the Lord and he will draw close to you. Now, don't get the mindset that it's as if the Lord's sitting there tapping his foot waiting for you to come. Don't get the mindset that the Lord is putting all kind of challenges for you to draw near. No, it's more like the prodigal son. The father's looking out, and he's waiting and waiting and waiting and watching with care and anxiousness for us to make a move towards him. And then he runs to us, and he meets us. He doesn't meet us halfway. He comes to the place where we're at. I had a very interesting dialogue with a, a dear friend. I'm going to keep him anonymous. Uh, you would know immediately who he is. He's very well known, uh, very, very well known. And he texted me and challenged me. If you could put up Isaiah 64.4, please. Uh, he texted me this last night. And I know right now he's in a foreign country. I don't know what he was doing up at that hour. But he sent it to me um, out of 64.4. From of old, no one is heard or perceived by the ear, nor I has seen a God beside you who acts for those who wait for him, who acts for those who wait for him, who acts for those 
who wait for him. No one has seen, no one has perceived what this God is all about. And so I happen to know he's challenging the Lord and waiting on the Lord for a word. And uh, I've been seeking that with him and for him. But as I contemplated the question, his next question to me was, how does one wait on the Lord in this context? That's a good question, isn't it? How do you wait on the Lord? Those who wait upon the Lord, they shall. There's all kind of scriptures about the goodness and the blessing of waiting on the Lord. But how do you wait on the Lord? You know, we could get very religious, say, well, you put ashes on yourself, shave your head, and moan and groan in the public place. That's the way they did it in the law. Or you could fast. You know, we like to fast and pray to wait on the Lord. Um, we could stay in Scripture. We could remove ourselves. There's all kind of ways that we practice to wait on the Lord. But I asked the Lord for a little bit more revelation about that. And he took me to a couple scriptures. And in some of those scriptures, I realized that there's a better way to wait on the Lord. And there's something that's happening when we are waiting on the Lord. And I went to Acts 17, 28, one of my favorite scriptures as regards prophetic movement. Let's look at it a moment. Acts 17, verse 28. Now, Paul was trying to explain to some philosophers, right? Believe the science, believe the philosophy, those kind of people, which is okay, except they can't move beyond believe the science, believe the philosophy, believe the facts, believe the facts. Facts are a manifestation of the real truth of God. Facts don't prove the truth of God. The truth of God proves the facts. But we'll get to that another time. So Paul's trying to explain to them who this God is that they're trying to worship, and they don't know who he is, but they're worshiping a God because they believe something's going on. And Paul says, this is the one, in him we live and move and have our being. In him we live, we move, we have our being. Point, if that's fact, in him we live, how many of you say, I'm living in Christ Jesus, I'm living in the Lord, I'm believing in God. I, even though I'm not perfect, I am the righteousness of God in Jesus Christ. And because I'm the righteousness of God in Jesus Christ, I'm on him. Not because of how good or how bad I am, but because I believe and accept the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Amen? He was made sin who knew no sin, that you and I might become the righteousness of Christ to be in him. And the prayer of Jesus Christ wasn't, Lord, just forgive them. Lord, make them nice people. Lord, help them to keep the law contrary. What he said was, Lord, I pray that you be in me, I be in you, and we be in them, and them in us. It is all about in. It's intimacy. It's beyond about outside. It's not external. It's beyond facts. It's about emerging, emerging of the Spirit, your Spirit, with the Spirit of God and the fullness of the Godhead, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. That's why, you know, sometimes people, they try to differentiate, whose voice am I hearing? Am I hearing the Son? Am I hearing the Father? Am I hearing the Spirit? Well, you know, there was a time in my life that I was hearing the voice of God, and I only knew it as the voice of the Father, because He's the only, he's the only revelation I had. Now, I've been in Africa, and I've preached where there have been Christians who didn't have the revelation of the Father. 
They knew there was a father to Jesus, but he wasn't really their father. Jesus was their Lord, which was right, but it wasn't the fullness of God. And how many of you know there's many, many out there worshiping that don't understand that the Holy Spirit is their God inside of them moving. You can't separate the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And that's good news for you because that means if you're in them and them in you, they can't, you can't be separated from them either. How many of you know that nothing, help me out, nothing can separate you from the love of God? Help me. Say it loud. There's more to it. Come on, help me. Come on, Jeff. Right. The depth, the greats, the breadth, everything, the length, nothing can separate us from the love of God. You can't separate the three persons of God. Now, Paul is trying to explain to these poets, which is really a nice word for philosophers. It's for those that were of a different, complete philosophy than the understanding and reality of the true and living God. He says, in him we live, and we move, and we have our being. Well, let's go back to Isaiah 64 again. Again, Isaiah 64, 4. Let's look at it a moment, and you're going to help me to give the answer which I already sent overseas to my friend. I don't know whether he's trying to stump me or whether he was really onto this. But from of old, no one has heard or perceived by the ear, nor I has seen a God beside you who acts for those who wait on him. He acts for those who wait on him. So let's start from the right and go backwards. He will act for you if you wait on him. And when he does, you're going to be so amazed that no one's going to be able to see or hear what he's just done for you. I, how many of you have a testimony said, no one can believe what God has done for me? Amen. And that's one of the teachings today. One of the teachings today was, was from Saul. We'll get into a moment. When he began to prophesy, and the people couldn't understand what happened to him. When No one can see what happens when you will wait for the Lord. So I thought about it a moment, and I said, wait a minute. In him, we, we, we live, we move, we have our being. And then I combined it with this scripture, Romans 8.28. You all know what it is, but I want to put it on the board. Romans 8.28, it's written right here, right here underneath the, this carpeting. Right here at the altar, Romans 8, 28. And we know that for those who love God, all things do what? There were, something's happening. Work requires action, movement, energy. The, the formula to work is some kind of action with energy behind it that's accomplishing something. They work how? Together. For what? For good. For whose good? Your good and the general kingdom good. For those who are called according to his purpose. Now, can you be born again and not be called? No. I'll answer the question for you. No. If you're born again, you've been called. You've been called to be born again in the Father with a plan and a purpose. And that's been before the beginning of time. I don't know. If you don't like predestination, that's your problem. Because it says right in the scripture, destined before the beginning of time. I get comfort in knowing that I can't mess that up. I get comfort in knowing that God called me when I didn't even understand what being called was. And I may not even understand the fullness of my purpose and plans, even though I'm working and moving towards them. But the one thing I know, God called me. You know, uh, my grandson who's here and is out there, 
I picked him up a couple days ago, and he's been hobbling around, and thank God he gets that cast off Monday. And, uh, you know, it cut short his football season, and he was a little down and dejected about it and sort of withdrew because it was so hard for him to be with the team and traveling and on the sidelines and all this kind of stuff. And, and I tried to encourage him. I said, go be with the team. Eh, I'm not really involved anymore, eh, whatever it is. And I understand that. But he got in the vehicle a couple days ago, and he said, Grandpa, um, I got called to the principal's office. I said, uh-oh, what'd you do? No, no, he called and wanted me to reconnect with the team. And, and he told me to be part of the team and, and, and to get back with the team and that he was making a place for me on the bus to travel with the team. He reconnected, he was called. He was called, not by something he did or didn't do because some principal, bless his heart, the principal, I'll, I'll give him the credit, the principal of South Range uh, High School blessed that man's heart. He cared enough about seeing a young man hobbling around in his school to reach out to him and say, why aren't you with your team? You know, I can tell you where I've been in places they could care less what was happening. And so that's the same with the father. The father called you, and he's caring and watching everything that you're doing. Now, we tied in Acts 17, right in him we live and move, we have our being. Romans 8, 28, all things work together for good to those who are called according to his purpose, and you can put in parentheses for you. His purpose for you and the kingdom. You are part of the kingdom. God isn't going to sacrifice you for the kingdom that's not for your eternal good. That's why the blessings of martyrs is, are so great. Because if they're sacrificed for the kingdom, that's for their eternal good. And the martyr's crown, I, don't, I have never seen one. And I'm not sure what it is. And I've read the book of the martyrs, and that's a powerful book to read. But I can tell you this, that, that crown must be a tremendous crown. A tremendous crown because of the better good, the promise of the better good. Back to this. Back to Isaiah. Those who wait upon him, those who wait upon him, God will do something really good. So here's how I answered that. Uh, I don't think my tablet's staying connected, is it? Is that coming up? I don't care. I don't need it. All right. We'll go without it. So here's, here's how I answered that, and I want to read it to you. Because I was in the spirit, and I was praying about moving. How do you wait upon the Lord? We don't separate from him moving in us and moving in him while we wait upon him. Waiting on the Lord isn't something that's stagnant. Waiting upon the Lord is progressive. It's moving in him. And here's the revelation I got. Consider one's life plan. When walking in step in obedience with God, you're on a linear path of destiny into plan and purpose, a linear path, a straight path of plan and destiny when you're walking in step with God. Now, when we're walking out of step with God, eh, we might get to the same path, but we maybe go around 40 times in the desert and a few other places, and then finally, boom, we arrive, and the fireworks go off, and the drum rolls go, and, and, and uh, we're smiling in ecstasy of the wonders of God and we have a trail of garbage left behind us. When we're walking in obedience with God, in obedience with God, then he will take us to that place. Now, think about this. It's a linear path. The Lord has already placed guide lights along your path. They're already there. They're there waiting for you. It's like you're in a race and you've got 
25 different places to click off. And as you go by that light path, you put the click on, and all of a sudden that light's on. Then you have motion of waiting in the Lord. Waiting in the Lord is you're in motion. You're in motion. Everything's in motion. You just have to be able to understand that you're living and moving inside of Him, and you're in motion. And so this, between the lights, there's a bunch of lights. Those are your guide lights. Those are yours already prophetically destined to put into your life plan. How many of you know God has a plan for your life? His plans and purposes are? Help me out, Jimmy. He knows the plans he has for you. Plans to prosper you. Romans 8, 28, plans that all things work for your good. Plans that in him you live and move and you're having your being in him, in him and he in you. And so between the lights, listen to this, grasp this, this will help you. Between the lights is a quiet movement called wait. How many of you know? Now, I know uh, Pastor Leanne knows this. I know Laura Lee knows this. I know Jeff knows this. I know musicians know this. Uh, and, and, and you know this. How many of you know that the most effective movement when you're in worship is to be able to get still and quiet? How many of you know that in that place, if you keep the crescendo up there all the time, it gets blurring. You, you don't get the effect. But when it comes down, just like my voice right now, I could be yelling at you all. Hey, I jumped you right out of your chairs. And pretty soon you're going to say, oh, hey, 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 this guy, he needs to take two aspirin and calm down a little bit. Too much coffee. When I get down soft, I've learned as a speaker that people zoom in with you even better than when you're yelling at them. And, the, and there's an effect in the tone. It's the same. Listen to me. It's the same with the Lord. Waiting on the Lord is movement. It's symphonic movement. It's the course of the movement of the Holy Spirit of God moving and living within us. And there comes a time when we're just waiting. And when we can combine rest with waiting in the Lord, it's peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. When we allow other things to get anxious, we want to push it ahead. We have stress or there's other voices. There's foxes on the wall. Like in Nehemiah, foxes on the wall that are blurbing and telling you you're not going to do this or you're not going to do that or there's lust of the flesh or lust of greed, avarice, other things, lust that are pulling us aside. When those things begin to chew away at us, we can lose that place of movement, of waiting. Waiting is a movement. And all of a sudden, I look at it this way, how many of you have ever floated on a wave, a real wave of water, a real wave of water. There's something about floating on that wave of water. If you can get to the place of peace on that wave of water, it's really comfortable. And it's really, it's really a place where you just, ah, and the wave takes you here and it takes you there and it goes up and here and up like that. And you really don't care after a while, unless you're going way out to sea. You really don't care after a while because of how you're just becoming one with that wave, that motion. When you're waiting on the Lord, see this physically, accept it spiritually, know it theologically, prophetically. God is moving. 
You're in God. God never rests. How many of you know that? He, ne he never stays silent in your life. While you're asleep, God is watching over you. While you're asleep, God is working all things together for your good and all the people that you're attached to. Now, why is this important for us to stand as a corporate body? We have times when God moves and then when we wait. God moves and then we wait. As I was here this morning and contemplating things and praying around and contemplating last night and today and, 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 and asking the Lord, what's going on? Where are we at? The Lord reminded me over and over. He said, son, I told you before and make sure that you continue to preach. Do not despise small beginnings. Do not despise small beginnings. The Lord wasn't in the roar of the wind. The Lord wasn't in the thunderstorm. The Lord was in the still small voice where he got the greatest admonition of God in great stress. Lord, I'm the only one left, Elijah. I'm the only one left. There's no one else. They want to kill me. They want to kill me. And he knows he's seeking the Lord. But he did one thing wrong. While he was waiting and moving in the Lord, he was trying to move himself. And he was trying to find the Lord in all kind of different places when the Lord was already there within the still small voice. So we move from a place to a place. We move from a glory to a glory. We move from a faith to a faith and a strength to a strength. And we move from a revelation to a better revelation. We move from an understanding of the word to a better understanding of the word. And God takes all of that and mixes it all together and puts it in your life plan. And as you are moving, even if you don't understand you're moving, you're moving towards that plan. Now, look at it this way too. How many of you have seen uh, a mammal, an animal, a mammal, and they have multiple little children, puppies, kittens, whatever you want. And uh, they're, they're not long out of the womb, but mama starts to move this way. What happens with those little babies? They, they begin to follow. Huh? How about the duck with the ducklings? You see those little ducklings squirreling away after them. Or the deer with a couple little fawns. They're, 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 they're chasing mama as fast as they can. And if that deer gets lost, that deer gets lost, mama goes looking for them to bring them back. That's what the residue of the anointing is. You see, that anointing gives birth inside of you, inside of me, inside of us. It's an anointing of the Holy Spirit, and yes, He's the same Spirit, but He has different gifts and different manifestations and different ways of working in us and through us. Your way, Jim, isn't my way, and my way isn't your way, but we're still on the same highway. And that highway is the plan and purpose that God has for all of us. I had a vision some years back. It was very troubling to me. And uh, becoming a little bit transparent, but I won't go all the way with you because there's some secrets between me and the Lord, one and two, that really only my wife knows. We never even talk about it. I told her before she married me because I didn't want her to get mad at me. And... Uh, I was asking him, because I, I was in a valley. I was in a valley. I was in a place about 10 years ago, frustrated, 
been serving God, waiting on the Lord, teaching Bible school, but I still felt like I wasn't moving. I was preaching in the largest Spanish church in the country, and I still didn't feel like I was moving because it wasn't the plan and purpose that God had told me about. So I felt like I was out of place. I felt like life was racing by and time was catching up and years were going by. Am I speaking to anybody? Am I the only one? And so I remember saying to the Lord with tears in my eyes, I said, Lord, thank you for all you're doing for me and please forgive me if I'm sounding selfish. But what about what you told me? What about what you called me to back in 1980? What about the visitations I had with you? What about it? What about it? You know, the Lord answers our prayers in ways we don't understand. He's profound. And in that particular one, I had a real vision. And when I have, when I, and I qualify visions, this one, I was there. And I was walking on a path. And I knew that that path was my destiny. And I knew that that path was an end time path. And I could see way up when I was at the top of the crest that it was green and there was glory and sunlight and, and it looked beautiful and I really wanted to get there. It reminded me of the time when I first got saved and I got shipped down to Dayton and uh, thrown out of, out of my brother-in-law's house at the time because I was prophesying and they couldn't understand it. And I could appreciate it. I was pretty strange. And I walked out of there penniless and with nothing, a little duffel bag on my back and I looked up and I saw a cross lit up on the hill and I decided I should walk towards that cross because I didn't have everywhere else to go and I thought it was close but it was a long way away many miles away and I got to that cross and there was a man at the door and he was dressed all in black and I could tell he was a simple man put his hand out and we shook hands and I could tell this was a working man's hand. Both of our hands scraped against each other. And he said, son, I've been waiting for you. I said, what? I've been waiting for you. Come in. I stayed with those people. They fed me. They took care of me. They blessed me. I played hymns that I never knew before on an old piano to them. It's the same way with you and I. On that vision God gave me, and I remembered that when he showed it to me, I saw the path. It was like the cross way up on the hill, and I knew it was a journey, see. He'd already been relating to me from a life experience. That's how God speaks to us. He uses our life experiences to allow us to confirm and understand the moves of God in our lives. So I knew it was a ways. And right away in my spirit, I said, okay, and I started walking. And all of a sudden, as I was gazing up at the goal, the prize, the high prize, I stumbled. And I looked down, and I saw the most pitiful human being. He was naked and bald, curled up in a fetal position. His eyes, I'll never forget, they were desperate wide open looking at me and his spirit was crying out help me don't leave me help me 
I put it inside my spirit. I kept walking, eyes back up on the prize, the high prize, and I stumbled again. And I looked down, and it was a naked, bald woman. Her eyes were wide, desperate, pitiful. She was lost, left behind, in despair. And then my eyes went down to the path, and I got it. The Lord said, son, that's what I told Peter, feed my sheep. Feed my sheep. Don't you worry about the times. I got the plan. I got the purpose. Just obey me. <laughs> Not long after, when I found out I could rest and move at the same time, the Lord spoke to myself and to my wife at the same time, separately, thousands of miles apart. Go back to Campville. Go back to that fallen down church. Build it up. It's time for you to leave where you've been. When God moves us to a place of next, whether we're staying in that place, whether we're seeing manifest realities coming true in our lives, you're moving if you will just slow down and allow the motion to speak to us. It's a movement. Waiting on the Lord and resting in the Lord is a movement. Because when the crescendo comes, I won't be able to discern, ear won't be able to believe and hear what God is doing with you and for you. I want to just read one scripture and I'm going to stop. Lynn, I just want to tell you how much I appreciate you. I was a little rough on you yesterday. I apologize. I just said one thing. You're very special. I appreciate you. First Samuel chapter 10. Verse 5 and 6. This is the lesson. I sort of gave it to you during worship. Samuel has given Saul instructions. God has just anointed him. Now remember, Saul was just a plain Benjamite from a plain family, and he wasn't religious. So all of this was brand new to him. He didn't have a clue. After that, you shall come to the hill. This is Samuel giving a prophetic word to Saul. The hill of God, where the Philistine garrison is. The Philistines were their enemies. The enemy had taken a stronghold on the hill of God. Beloved, right now the enemy has a stronghold on the body of Christ. I hope you understand that. 
Our battle isn't the one without, it's the one within. Most of us don't have a hard time at all understanding the devil when he's making himself very vivid with the nasty, evil things he does. But when it comes from within the body of Christ, it's confusing. And it's very confusing to a vast majority of the body of Christ when we have such sound teachers that give sometimes such unsound teachings. Throw that book away that you just bought because it's all based on pre-trib. Throw it out. Throw it out. Because what it does is it tells people, you're not going to be here to fight in the war. God's going to take you away, but all those poor SOBs that are left, they're going to get in trouble. I come from the streets. Sorry if you don't like it. Huh? You like it? Thank you. I'm going to get a what for from my wife later, but that's okay. <laughs> Bing, you get them too. Admit it. You, you like it when your wife sets you straight. Uh-oh, she says no. I'm starting trouble. Gene, give me an amen. Amen. I know Jimmy will give me an amen. Thank you, Jimmy. We have garbage that's being dumped into the body of Christ, and some of it isn't very vivid. Some of it is clouded with all kind of credentials and nice people and histories, but it's wrong stuff. And we need to be able to discern what's wrong and what's right and to walk in the truth of God to be the overcomers God has called us to be in this time of darkness in the earth, that gross darkness is enveloping the earth. But the glory of the Lord shall shine upon us. We need to be able to be those who understand the time we live in and what to do with it. And we can't hold on to old doctrines that aren't grounded in the Word of God. We need to be able to test them and to throw them out and to not accept them anymore. I call them talismans of the faith. And they're not good for us because we want to put our faith in them, but our faith needs to be somewhere else. I was going to go somewhere. I'm not going to go there with that. And it will happen when you have come there to that city where the Philistine garrison is, where the enemies are, you will meet, listen to me, a group of prophets coming down from the high place. They went up to the high place of God. They were there knowing there were Philistine garrisons there. God sent them there to prophesy. Why would they go to the high place? Because in that high place, they can send the word of the Lord out amongst the area and take dominion and authority over it. They weren't really sure, I'm positive, why they were there. They weren't sure of what their plan and purpose was, but God brought together that company of prophets. One of the words says company of prophets. It talks about the garrison of the Philistines, an army, but God sent a, a strategic prophetic company of prophets in. And what did they come down with? They came from the high place with a stringed instrument, worshiping, and a tambourine, and a flute. It's all they had. Maybe, maybe they, you know, were blowing a shofar. I don't know. Putting a couple rocks together. And they were prophesying. And there was a harp that went before them. And he said, they will be, as if it wasn't enough to figure out who they were already. I mean, the strange group coming down from the hill, overlooking the garrison of the enemy, worshiping, playing a bunch of instruments. They're either a bunch of fruitcakes or something. God's doing something. 
And he said, just so you know for sure, they're going to be prophesying. Well, wait a minute. Saul probably never heard prophesying before in his life because the scriptures tell us they didn't understand who he was, his own people, when he came back prophesying. Next scripture. Then the Spirit of the Lord will come upon you, 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 Saul, you. It will come upon you, whomever you are. The Spirit of the Lord will come upon you in that prophetic environment of worship. Hey, that's why for me, I cannot preach or move without entering in to the Lord. I can't. I can't. Been there and done that. I won't do it anymore. I can't do it anymore. I have to preach from the place of God, not to the place of God. And, and Saul was about to learn a tremendous lesson which he later forgot. All of his authority and his rule came from being in the place of God and in the anointing of God. Then the Spirit of the Lord will come upon you and you will prophesy and then you will be turned into another man. You fast forward, it all came just like the prophet said. And he went into their midst and he began to prophesy with them and the word says he got a different heart. Saul got a different heart. Remember last week, we asked the Lord to fillet our hearts. It's the word he gave us. We came to the altar. We opened our hearts up. God filleted a lot of hearts. And in so, we opened our hearts up. He said, Lord, do what you will do. How many of you know you can be born again and still need another change of heart? Hmm? I've seen some people pass on to the Lord that had a very nasty, critical spirit. I believe they still got to God, but they had to get a change of heart getting there. I've seen some nasty people love the Lord and need a change of heart. I, for one, I like to practice leaving my heart open. I have to ask the Lord especially when I repent. It's not enough to just repent and, and feel bad about something. You have to have a change of heart. You have to have a change of heart. And we have to, Lord says he's faithful. If we confess our sins, he will forgive them. That means that he'll change our heart every time we ask him to forgive us. Do you get that? Every time we ask the Lord to forgive us, he'll change our heart. You can't have a change of heart without repentance. Very interesting thing. When they went to anoint Saul, he hid. He went and hid. Yeah. And he hid in a place where they didn't think they would find him and they had to go get him. They were trying to draw lots for the king and they found out he already had the king, but he was hiding the one God had anointed. He had humility then, and he lost that humility. His gifts became his greatest curse. And I believe that's the testimony of the wide world church right now, the gifts becoming the greatest curse. Many gifted men and women 
aren't walking with the humility that God would have us walk with anymore. Hiding amongst the equipment of the ministry. I call it the business of the ministry. And in that place, many, many sheep lost on that wilderness path for us to stumble over, despaired, eyes wide, crying out, help me. Don't leave me behind. Do you understand why I'm so passionate about waking the church up to change our values from a faith that's escapism to one that says, make me strong. Help me to help. Help me to help. Help me to help. The work first has to be done in us. In Him we live, we move, we have our being. But in Him, we're still moving. It's called the place of wait and a place of rest. In the place of rest. Sometimes we don't even know what we're waiting for because we don't even know how we should pray or what we ought to pray for. And the thing we're asking and praying for maybe isn't the best thing that God wants for us. Sometimes we just need to wait. And in the meantime, while we're waiting, we just need to keep doing. End of the story. I didn't quit serving what God told me to do when I had this epiphany, this vision. And when I was affirmed and confirmed again by him, and I understood that I was still on my plan and purpose and that I needed to just wait on him and not try to count days and times and hours and places. I didn't quit. I kept doing the same things I was doing for him. But I had a little bit more of a pep in my step because I knew, I knew that in what I was doing in the place where I was at, that God had me. And it's the same thing here. It's the same thing here. I hope you are. I'm content. Yes, I feel the tug. Yes, I want more. Yes, I feel this. But I'm content because I know I'm in the place of wait where God is moving. And I think about some of the wonderful icons of faith in the Scripture. Noah, my Lord, he waited a long time. He kept building that stupid ark in the midst of nowhere. All of a sudden, animals start to come. And he begins to say, something's up. I don't know what's coming, but I never even saw animals look like that before. They're coming in twos. Moses ran out, left his comfort zone with Pharaoh, went to hone his skills as a nomad, a Bedouin. If you've ever seen the Bedouins out in that part of the world, that's what he became. Not a very easy life until God called him out and gave him a moment. And in that moment, he changed the destiny of all of us. Abraham called out to a place he didn't understand, and he had to wait and wait and wait. He never did see the final day he thought he was waiting for. But in that place of waiting, there's motion. There's movement. Stuff is going on. 
And think of it this way. All of creation, all of your environment, all of your relationships, all of everything you are, God is like the master conductor and he's making the symphony move. Sometimes it gets soft. Sometimes it crescendos. Sometimes it marches. Sometimes it waltzes. Sometimes it's just a note that's held out. But he's pulling it all together in some miraculous way that works for your best good. For your best good. And when we see it and we come to that end, all we can say is, wow. Look what the Lord has done. going to ask you to do something right now. You're in a house. We're a prophetic house. You're in a prophetic house. This house walks in confidence under apostolic anointing and prophetic power. We don't deny it, nor do we flaunt it. It's not about titles. It's about the anointing of God. The titles is for the rest of religious structure. I don't care about them. In fact, I don't like them. I'm going to ask you, now that you've got some understanding about what happens with the residue of the anointing in a place that you move with prophetic worship, and in a place where faith abounds and miracles flow, in a place where we pursue with passion to walk on a firm foundation of the Word of God and believe God for revelation, we see that revelation, we take it in, we hold on to it, but we don't hold on to it as the final. We believe it's taken us to the next place, the next glory, the next faith, the next strength, the next miracle. I want to ask you to do something. And I want you to do it with faith. I want you to believe the Word of God that as you prophesy, and I'll talk about that a second, that your heart will be changed again. That something will happen deep inside of you. You may or may not feel it or understand it, but know it. That when we prophesy in purity and honesty and truth before God, that all of the anointing of the fullness of the Godhead, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost, comes in you and upon you. And together, we share in that residue. We flow in that residue. And your old bones, they'll revive. They'll revive in the residue of the anointing of God. So, how do we practice that right now? You do so with the understanding and with the Spirit. You can do it with the psalm. You can do it with simple declarations. But do this. Open your mouth and declare. Don't tell me I'm silently doing it, Pastor Frank. Prophesy with your mouth. 
Let it come out. I don't care how soft, how loud. Let it come out because what you are doing is you're establishing. You're establishing the foundation of the move of God for you to go on in that place of waiting. And if you can, don't just make it a prayer. Don't just start praying for yourself or for other people. Begin to prophesy truths of God. Open your Bible, get a scripture, one that you already know. It doesn't even need to be a scripture, just the truth of God. Begin to prophesy. How many of you know that one of the greatest prophesies of all is I believe in Jesus Christ? (laughs) I believe that Jesus Christ is Lord. I believe that Jesus Christ died for my sins. I believe that Jesus Christ is almighty. I believe in God the Father, God the Son. Come on, help me out. Prophesy. Prophesy with your open words. Prophesy in the Spirit. Whatever you want, begin to prophesy. Let's live up a symphony of prophecy from this house, this house of glory. Let's lift it up unto the Lord. And I believe that God is going to move mightily for you and for you, for everybody that is prophesying together. Whatever you're doing, wherever you're at, begin to prophesy. I don't see any mouths open unless you're just breathing. Let them out. Let them out. Don't hold them in. Begin to prophesy. Say it alone. Say it however you got to say it. Let the words come out. Get up and move and walk. Do whatever you want. In him we live, we move, we have our being. Become active. Begin. Begin to churn up the Spirit of God. I believe. I believe. I believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. I thank you, Lord. I bless the Lord God Almighty. Your word is true. There's no other word but your word. Your word is true. You are the light. You are the light in the darkness. Come on. Help me. Help me. Open your mouths. Bless you, Lord. Say it in any language you want. If you pray in the Spirit, then allow that to happen too. Just begin to pray in the Spirit. Come on. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Blessed be the Lord. The Lord is almighty. He is God. Everything you say is yea and amen, O God. There is none but you in all the earth, Father. Come on, come on, come on. Come on, prophesy, prophesy, prophesy. Blessed be thy name, O Lord. I believe you. I believe you, Lord. The Lord. The Lord is good. The Lord is faithful. You are the Lord God Almighty. Call him by his names, the righteousness. You're almighty. You're the God who heals. You're the God who restores. You're the God who delivers. You're the God who prospers. You're the God of Israel. I believe you, Lord God. I bless you, Lord. I bless you, Lord. Come on, prophesy, prophesy. Don't be distracted. Prophesy, prophesy, prophesy. He told Come on, prophesy. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Blessed be thy name, O Lord. Blessed be thy name, Father. You are good, Father. Your mercy, your goodness, your grace, they follow us all the days of our lives, O Lord. You are the Lord who heals us, Father. You heal us, Father. You restore us, Father. We thank you, Lord. Come on, prophesy. 
Open your voices. Be loud if you can. Blessed, 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 blessed be thy name, O Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Blessed be thy name, Father. We worship you, Father. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for how you're moving. We thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. We thank you, Lord. We bless you, Lord God. Blessed be thy name, O Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Father, in you we put our trust, Lord. We put our trust in you. We go in your strength, O oh Lord God. We thank you, Father. We thank you that you show your strength to every generation, O oh Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that you give us your righteousness, Father. We thank you that you're the king of judgments, O oh Lord, and that your righteousness, your righteousness is our inheritance. We thank you for that, Lord. We bless you for that, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We bless you, Father. We bless you, Lord, that we are the head and not the tail, Father. We thank you, Lord, that we're upon the path of righteousness with you, O oh Lord. We thank you, Jesus, that you're coming. We thank you, Father, that this is your kingdom, your kingdom. Let it be here on earth, even as it is in heaven. We thank you, O oh Lord. We thank you, O oh Lord. We prophesy, O oh Lord. Kira shasaye, otoro shisayatarokoro, broto to shisakoye, broto to shisakaye, tada 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 tada. Ida tafa baba shasakoye, mama mande ya baba 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 shasakoye. Blessed, 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 blessed. Blessed, blessed, blessed be thy name, O Lord. Blessed, 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 blessed be thy name, O Lord. Ho, ho, ho. Thank you, Lord. 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 Bless you, Lord. Bless you, Lord. Bless you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. 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 Bless you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Blessed. Blessed be thy name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Bless you, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Shikosoye. Thank you, Lord. Blessed be thy name, O Father. Thank you, Lord. Now, if I might, if I might, sometimes, sometimes, we need to just allow the Lord to minister and move. Sometimes. It's hard for those of us who want to move in the anointing. We want to move on others. But sometimes we just need to let the Lord move. We can become the distraction that we think we're becoming the attraction for. So when you're in your own and when you're in this kind of an environment, sometimes try to not go pray for other people. I'm saying that to you as sons and I love you. Because I asked everybody to prophesy and to move on their own. And we become a distraction. After church, we can do those things or when we open up. There's a reason for that. And let me, let me, let me explain that reason. And I mean this with a kind heart. 
then please take it from one who comes from experience. We sometimes don't know what the Holy Spirit is speaking to somebody. And he could be speaking something completely different than what we feel impressed for them. But when the, when the invitation comes and says, let's prophesy in the Lord, each and every one of us, let's let the Lord do that. And then there comes a time for us to pray for people. That's our altar call when we do it. The gifts are subject to the prophet. They're subject to the prophet. I've sat in many, 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 many congregations and meetings where I thought I had the word. And then I realized that my word wasn't the word for somebody. So let's learn from these things as we go forward together as a people. Let's learn from them. Now I'm going to ask us one more time. And why am I doing this? Because I felt that we, as we were moving forward, I felt some hindrances. And I believe I'm sensitive to the Spirit. And the hindrances are well intended, but they were hindrances. I would like us just for two minutes, I don't care if you walk around, but let everybody prophesy on their own. I want to let the Lord break through and speak to you exactly what He has for you. I want it to be imparted deep into your spirit. And I want you to receive it. I want you to receive it. Can we all prophesy? Open our eyes. Again, let's talk about the prophesy. It's about focusing on God. Remember I said, don't pray. Don't pray for other people. Don't pray for your relationships. Those were exactly my words. Why? Because then we turn what is that prophetic move of God that's the residue for all of us into prayer stream, which has its place and it has its good. This is a different level. This is a different level of entering in with God. And unless we practice it, we won't. That's why I encourage you on your own. Worship music. Make a fool of yourself. Do it as you wish. Pray. Pray with the Spirit. Pray with the understanding. Prophesy. Try not to just pray about your needs. Just release to the Lord. That's a place of waiting in Him. That's a place where we're not busy trying to determine what's going to happen. We just say, Lord, here I am. Let's do it. It's hard. It's very hard for me. I have to confess it. Even when I'm here and I come alone and my whole intention early in the morning is to do nothing but to flood this place with prophecy. That's it. Prophecy. I find myself having to pull myself back in and I begin to think of certain people and I want to pray for that or my certain needs and I want to pray for that. It's, it's a discipline we have to teach ourselves. I have to work on it all the time. But I also know this, that when I hit that point, when I'm no longer making prayer where I'm the purpose, but where I make worship where he's the purpose, and prophecy, I know I enter into a different level. I know that for a fact. So I want, I want to impose that upon you. And for those of you who have great gifts of prophecy and healing, it's harder because we always want out of love and generation, we, in compassion, we always want to serve the next person. And that's a wonderful thing. I applaud each and every one for that. But there's a time when it's just you and God. And there's a time when the corporate body, it's the body and God. This is that time. So 
can we enter in right now, please, just for two minutes, just for two minutes, I believe, and, and do as I'm asking. Focus yourself not to make it a prayer for yourself or for somebody or for something. Just release to him. That's why I say do it with your mouth because that mouth will guide your, your mind. Stay on him. Tell him how wonderful he is. Tell him how awesome he is. Have your mind focused on him completely in Jesus' name. You're almighty, Lord. You're, you are the God who heals. You're awesome, Father. Your kingdom is coming, Lord. We thank you for that, Father. We bless you, O oh Lord. You are God. You are almighty, God. Your ways are beyond ways, Father. We can't fathom him, Lord. Blessed be thy name. Blessed be thy name. Lift them up. Say it loudly if you can, please. Say it loudly if you can, please. Blessed be thy name, Father. Blessed be thy name. 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 Hot, 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 hot. Blessed hot, Hallelujah. Oh, Lord, 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 mighty Lord, mighty Lord, Jesus, 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 Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, God of wonder, God of might, God of power. Blessed is thy name, Lord. There's none other like you, Lord, in all the earth, in all the earth, Father. Blessed be thy name, Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Thank you for, uh, for allowing me your grace in, in this practice that we just made together. Please don't take anything personal, none intended. I believe that if I'm truly a shepherd that accepts responsibility for teaching and love and guiding, that I really need to have your best interests at mine spiritually. And I know that I know that I know this. One of the weapons that we need as we're going forward into this world and what we're doing is that high, mighty, spiritual weapon of prophetic prophesy. That's what changes. That's what allows you to go into the garrison of the enemy to hear the worship of God to prophesy and have your heart changed. You see, I'm beginning to understand a scripture that I've taught a lot. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and he will make all other things come unto you. Seeking the kingdom of God isn't just me throwing out my prayers. And it's not even me just praying for you. It's seeking his kingdom with him. And I can only find that place with him. I wish you could find it for me, but you can't. And I wish I could find it for you, but I can't. We all have to seek the kingdom of God in our lives and for us and who we are. So, um, might I challenge you this week to find some time, a little bit of time each day, two minutes, three minutes, 
do something. Look at your clock when you start. And when your mind begins, I do this, that's why I'm asking you to do it. When your mind begins to stray, you can calculate how long you can keep your mind stayed on the Lord before we go into getting busy. And I, sometimes it's 30 seconds, sometimes it's a minute. I think my record's five minutes. Um, maybe you're much better than me. Uh, I start to get into needs and people and things, and that's a good thing. I'm not saying it's bad, because it always comes to that, and then let it go as you do. But see if you could stretch your ability to let your mind stay on him. A short while, a little bit longer, a little bit longer. Take it like spiritual vitamins. As we do, I firmly believe you're going to unlock mysteries and keys in your lives. I really believe that. It's going to take you to another place, to another level of faith, to another level of expectancy. And you know what? When you find yourself a few days past, a week past, a month past, all of a sudden things that you would have been praying about and asking the Lord for, they'll manifest simply because of the kingdom. Simply because of the kingdom. Give it a try. Prove and see if it's not true. Write down the time. Be honest with yourself. And when you begin to stray, say, uh-oh, 30 seconds, one minute. See if you could stretch it. It's like an endurance run. You can't run a mile until you can run 100 yards. Give it a shot. Thank you. Father, I pray, Lord, that your Holy Spirit will massage us with your grace and your mercy and that, Father, you will help us to receive the things of God with a grace and a mercy and a love and a passion. Father, I thank you for the many good and blessed people that you've put in my life, in our lives, my wife and I, the wonderful people of this house, those online with us, those who give and think and pray and care about people. Thank you so much for them, Lord. Father, I pray that you help me and us and all of us to look at ourselves as works in progress. That you help us, Lord, to come to that place of the minstrel on the hill as you took little David to first, to where he just learned to worship you in awe and wonder about your magnificence. He had no other experiences. Help us to come to that innocent place, Father. Meet us in that place, Lord. Chase and run to us as we come. Prove us, Father. Prove you. We thank you for it, Lord. I thank you for it, Lord. Be blessed, O Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.